0: Hey everyone, welcome into another episode of Triple Babble Podcast, where we discuss all things in the NFL. NFL, um, we provide weekly game breakdowns and analysis, talk fantasy football, betting angles, and of course, dedicated Dallas Cowboys content. I'm your host Trev, and I'm joined here by my co-host as always. I've got TP as well as Hefe here. Um, TP, how are you doing, man? How are you doing on this, uh, this Friday evening?
1: I'm very disappointed. I just witnessed a massacre a murder a murder damn shit yeah um, it was a murder wait, wait, it,
0: what, was, it was what, actually a double murder double it was homicide. a double homicide oh double homicide so um so what, so what can we do to help i mean you don't sound that worried but it, it sounds pretty serious it's it like, very disappointing
1: because a cow was murdered and the cow was murdered for no reason because the the piece of meat that was cooked from said cow yeah. was murdered massacred I saw a well-done steak on my timeline. It looked like a well-done steak. It's
0: oh, very no. disappointing. The a sides well done... look
1: good, but I was looking at the steak. It's just <sighs> waste of time. Waste of time. Otherwise, my week has been very productive. It's been a very long week. I am ready to rest.
0: Oh, I'm oh, really God, sorry that you saw it. that um, that well-done steak. Um, that's that's unfortunate. Um, there's not
1: a sliver of pink on the inside of the steak. It's a very terrible i bet it's it's
0: very um very tough to chew through but um two is their own you know you know no
1: no no (laughs) if you're eating steak nothing nothing more than a minimum and if you pick if you cook your steak medium i'm gonna have to ask you what's going on
0: (laughs) yeah well um yeah that that's that's sad for that person um sorry sorry to hear that and sorry you had to witness that um with your own eyes but um <laughs> let's how you doing Hefe? um how how's everything been going for you hopefully you haven't seen any uh well-cooked steaks uh lately
2: i'll tell you this if i ever did i might slap it out of their hand i don't get I, the, mine, mine's not well cooked <laughs> It's not it's not I look I learned look you've taught me I'll I'll I can I can admit it and yeah you know, I wasn't eating steak I went out with T P one night you know I asked for my steak well done and 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 he and he slapped me he, he taught me a lesson uh, you know and that was a lesson I'll never forget so I will re- return the favor if I see it like that I will slap it out of their hand and return the favor because T P told me and I'm and I'll tell you that, that, you know, I believe him. But, Trev, I'm living the dream, you know. I'm I'm doing what I do, making it, making it shake, doing what I got to do, you know. And I'm still here, still alive, still – God woke me up today, still, still here, still kicking. So, with all that said, I got to see some action. We're going to get right into it. It was on Thursday. Got to see the 49ers travel over to Seattle. And they ended up winning that game 21-13. And I'll tell you, that first touchdown pass by Pretty was incredible. I need Dak Prescott to get into the film room and watch that. Because we have weapons and we have options that can do the same thing.
0: Guys, am I wrong? I don't think that you're wrong at all. At all. Uh, But what I do think that Dak Prescott does not have that Brock Purdy does have right now is the offensive genius of one, Kyle Shanahan and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Christian McCaffrey looked excellent in that game, touched the ball over 20 times. I think that's his most at a San Francisco 49er. And um, Brock Purdy, no turnovers, mistake-free football. Um, At one point, he was 9 of 9 passing uh, during the game to kind of start off. And uh, he just continued all game, hit Kittle for – couple touchdowns and he just looked good I mean he was just putting the ball where it needed to be um when you got a team that can run when you got a teammate like McCaffrey or um just a team that can run the ball like that it's just going to open up um the passing game and we have running backs that can run but we also don't have Kyle Shanahan who you know I, I believe Shanahan calls the plays so um I think that's the difference right there we've got Kellen Moore they've got Kyle Shanahan I think that's the key difference, but uh good game. They claimed the division um with that win over Seattle the other night.
1: Key difference is an understatement between Kyle Shanahan and, <laughs> and Kellen Moore. I mean, we, the the Moore offense is, is very similar to what like the Bill Cannon is very very uh mortal. Very di- I mean, I don't know. Sometimes we're dialed back. I mean, I don't know, it's kind of basic, but you know, Kellen Moore tries sprinkle a and, sprinkle and, sprinkling, sprinkle, sprinkling a little bit of you know cool stuff a little bit of contemporary offense but realistically Kyle Shanahan um kind of an ode to Bill Walsh last Bill Walsh last night I don't know if some of the listeners know about Bill Walsh hopefully they do uh old San Francisco coach but did the double screen then the tight end runs up the seam to George Kittle hit that touchdown pass um very exciting to see that kind of offense. Obviously, not exciting for the Cowboys, but you know, the 49er faithful—that's that you know—that means that they are dialing into their playbook to see, deal against guys like Seattle. You know, get into the playoffs. Um, we're probably going to see a lot of that going forward from San Francisco. Just a bit of trickery. Um, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo had that, but obviously they have the confidence in Brock Purdy and their defense. Even if there are some mistakes, defense is obviously going to get the opposing team's offense off of the field, and San Francisco is going to get another chance. So again I don't want to keep repeating myself but I've said this for weeks San Francisco is arguably the best team in the NFC and I mean arguably in the NFL I think if I think if Philadelphia or San Francisco gets to the Super Bowl no, the NFC will be taking home the Lombardi Dallas too if we can get our act together
2: Okay, okay. Well, let's get right into it, fellas. We got some Sunday games for everybody today. We are right up in the one, 1 o'clock hour. First up, we got the 12-1 Eagles traveling to the 3-10 Bears. The Eagles continue their three-game road trip as they travel to Chicago, looking to continue their dominance on the league and win their fourth straight game and continue their undefeated road streak that currently sits at 6-0. Chicago loses of six straight games. They're coming off their bye week to face one of the league's hottest teams in the Eagles. The Bears are 0-5, straight up, and against the spread off their bye week in the last five seasons. So things are not sounding too good for the Bears right about now, or their fans. TP, though, roll me in with some more stats.
1: Bears have struggled all season long, despite the upside of um, Justin Fields. And, I mean, it's really unfortunate for the Chicago faithful this holiday season have the Philadelphia Eagles coming to town, who will be taking advantage of this offense. Missing out, uh, they'll be missing Khalil Herbert, who was placed on IR this week. And the Eagles have averaged five sacks per game over the past four games. And I don't expect to lessen up, despite Justin Fields being a little bit more mobile than quarterbacks they face this season. I mean, this Eagles team, they know how to really contain the edges with their defensive ends. Um, Guys like Brandon Graham spying on the quarterback. Um, Hassan Reddick has been a terror all year long. So I do expect this Eagles defense to get after Justin Fields quickly and efficiently, um, even with the you know the quarterback draws that they like to run with Justin Fields. I mean, their, def- their, their middle linebackers and their defensive tackles are pretty much going to lock that up. Um, and I do believe that if they can get some pressure on Justin Fields where he can't scramble because they've contained or they have a spy, I do expect to see some interceptions across the board. Um, the Eagles have scored 48, 35, and 40. And I do expect that Jalen Hurts is going – I'm sorry. I do believe that Jalen Hurts is going to confirm that he's the MVP this season with this game against Chicago. All right, Trev, you got any
2: bets for us to punch in on this game?
0: I do, actually. So the Philadelphia Eagles have uh, this bet I'm going to give out. Well, first I'm going to give context to the bet before I give it out. So the Eagles have actually been able to score – over 12 and a half points um every game this not every game this season every game but one um so they're 12 and one to this uh over 12 and a half points um in the first half of each game they played uh this year and a bet I liked this week was kind of going back to that um but I think the trend is really catching on um I gave this bet out last week on the show and it was um over 12 and a half over 13 and a half which they cleared pretty easily by halftime, they had over 20 points but um for this week Um, I'm looking for this game to be kind of high scoring Um, over 48 points scored altogether. And what I'm looking at is the first half, actually Um, the first half over 23 and a half points um, combined for the Eagles and the bears. Um, I lean Eagles um, to do this in the first half really by themselves, but I do think there's opportunity for the Chicago bears to put up points. Um, You have to remember this bears team has looked a lot better offensively in the past on the second half of the season. And I look for that trend to continue. Um, I look for um, the Eagles to run all over the Bears and I look for, you know, the Bears to do their best um, Jalen Hurts impression with uh, Justin Fields, Um, you know, running the football. So I look to see that game go over 48 and a half points as well. But the key bet I like here is um, 23 and a half points at the half. And um, I think all the other halftime bets with the points scored, particularly by the Eagles, will hit. Um, It's a little bit juiced. So I think right now over 13 and a half is sitting at minus 135 whereas the bet for the total points for both teams over 23 and a half is sitting at minus 125 so i want to go with that one um since there's a little less juice on it but also lean eagles minus nine um like tp said i definitely think this is the jaylen hurts needs to prove it mvp conversation we've got guys coming out <laughs> one of our guys michael Parsons, saying that he's a system guy he's not um the reason for the eagle's success and i just find that far from the truth um anytime you got a guy that has you know over um 20 touchdowns three interceptions and um an additional 10 touchdowns um on the ground i mean that's the player that's not the system um that's an mvp caliber um type player so i think he'll be looking to prove it um especially because um the race is really between him and mahomes this week and um Mahomes kind of has a cupcake matchup, cupcake matchup um, against the Texans. One of the worst teams in the NFL. And I think Hurts just has to prove it here. So I look for the Eagles and I look for them early, scoring lots of points in this one.
2: Uh, wild points. That's what we like to see. A bunch of wild points on the board. Okay. Up next, we got the five and eight Falcons at the four and nine Saints. The Falcons travel to New Orleans and seek revenge against the team that came back and beat them week one, 27 to 26. The Saints are two and four against the spread and five and one straight up in the last five seasons off their bye week, while the Falcons are three and two straight up and against the spread off their bye week in the last five seasons. TP, roll me in with some more stats on this one.
1: Now, these teams this season, both these two teams' seasons have been very similar. Not as similar as Jernot's glasses, I think, they are the exact same pair ironically is, is that from i buy direct it,
2: it, it is actually
1: <laughs> yeah okay yeah we literally are we had the same pair guys i was like i was like wait what hey, hey, well you know what they <laughs> say great minds think alike for sure for sure it's a huge week for these NFC South teams. Every week going forward will be huge for the whole division. At all. There's a maximum two-game separation between all the teams for division lead and the playoffs are on the line. But Atlanta will be missing their starting center, starting defensive end slash D-tackle, and their starting quarterback. Matt Hennessy, Taquan Graham, and Marcus Mariota are placed on IR this week. And Atlanta didn't understand that take was supposed to be in earlier this season. But here we are today. Um, their draft pick, Desmond Ritter will be debuting without a huge part of his offensive line. And the Saints will be running Andy Dalton out there instead of Jameis Winston, who I know is a bit frustrated sitting on the sidelines. But the Saints obviously have a bit more confidence with Andy Dalton. I mean, Jameis Winston does know how to score touchdowns, but he also throws interceptions, turns the ball over. And that's not what they need. And the Saints are looking to end their two-game skid that they're on right now. And and they're hoping to get this win in lineup with Atlanta this week. Um, with that being said, I do believe that without Marcus Mariota, an experienced quarterback, I do believe that New Orleans will inch out this game this week.
2: All right. Trev, you got any bets for us to punch in on
0: this one? I've got one I've been looking at. Uh, well, two actually. Um, just leans, nothing official. But I've got the new starting quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Mr. Desmond Ritter I have him over 22 and a half uh, rushing yards and I have the Atlanta Falcons plus the four uh, I've mentioned on the pod um, a few times that I really take Atlanta when they are dogs um, their dogs again they're starting the rookie quarterback who we really don't know what's too much to expect his passing props aren't even listed yet and FanDuel um, just because uh they don't not his passing props um his passing attempts you know how many times they want to give him the ball to uh to throw it his uh yardage is set at 163 um i really don't know what to expect but um from him passing but i do know what to expect from him in the run game i look for him to have a few design runs just to get him you know comfortable um that is definitely the strength of his so i look for him to probably get over that 23 and a half and um you know pretty pretty decent pickup i do think that uh there's a lot that you need to prepare for when you're facing that rookie quarterback. We've seen it with Brock Purdy kind of inserting himself and winning a football game, not saying Desmond Ritter is the same player as Brock Purdy, but sometimes that's what you need. You need a young guy, sometimes a rookie, somebody that you don't have a lot of film on at the next level and um kind of pull out a win or at least a close game. So um, I only lean the Falcons plus the four. Um, it's a divisional matchup. Um, Anything can happen. So just, I think the Falcons are, you know, definitely in. Rebuild mode, and they want to see what they have in the kid. So um, I think he might surprise folks. But I lean Falcons plus four and Ritter over 23 and a half uh, rush yards.
2: Okay, okay. Up next, we have the six and seven Lions at the seven and six Jets. The Lions are rolling into New Jersey. A team that started the season one and six has now won five of their last six, two, sh- two straight. And are in an, and are in position to make a push for a wild card spot in the NFC and make history, becoming the first team to start one and six and make the playoffs. The Jets return home from their two game road trip, losers in both and losers in three of their last four games, but look to turn things around this week as the red hot Lions roll in and Zach Wilson gets back at the helm.
1: TP, roll me in with some more stats. Now, I'm not going to lie to you guys. If you had have told me in the beginning of the year that at this point in the season, I would be more excited for the Detroit Lions and New York Jets game than my game, I would laugh at you in the face. But I'm very excited to see this Detroit matchup against this New York Jets team. Both teams have made me a fan quite honestly. Robert Saleh uh, uh, was actually leaning towards going with Mike White, but the doctors did not clear him. I'm sure that I mispronounced his, the coach's name. Sorry, I, really, I feel really bad, so I apologize. Salah. Sala. Okay. Robert Sala. Sorry. Um, you know, he wanted to go with Mike white, but doctors didn't clear him. So Zach Wilson will be starting, which means that Detroit is going to completely slice and dice this team up defensively and offensively. Um, the jets who were looking to get in that last spot in the AFC playoff race will probably have an issue, but do not fret. Sauce Gardner still will be out there. He will have his hands full with Amon Ross St. Brown and trying to prevent, Jared Goff from connecting with Amon Ra. This connection has seemed almost unstoppable. Um, Jeff Akuda has going to have to keep his, hat, his eyes open on Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, but actually probably not Elijah Moore because Zach Wilson cannot seem to find that guy or anybody for that fact, except for a bunch of milfs. So, I mean, maybe he'll get through this game. Maybe he'll find somebody in Detroit to get active with. Who knows? Um, Detroit may be without the rookie Aiden Hutchinson, but I do believe that with The installation of Zach Wilson over Mike White, I do believe that this New York Jets offense is at a severe disadvantage, and Detroit is going to come out very physical. They're just going to beat these guys up and just score all over the place.
0: I'm going with Detroit.
1: All
2: right, Trevor, you got any bets for us to punch in on this
0: one? Yeah, I'm going to start with TP on here. I like Detroit as well. Um, I listened to Zach Wilson's comments just about being prepared to start, and you know, he mentioned that. Um, you know, he's been an- inactive the past few weeks and I didn't follow the Jets that closely um, with Mike White starting, but I didn't realize he was completely inactive. I mean, how much of a punishment do you have to be on where they don't even make you active in the game as the reserve quarterback? I don't know. Um, I think that locker room was a little upset with him. Um, they probably didn't want him in the game. I don't know. I don't. That's what I would think when I'm in the game plan. I'm not saying they will do this, but I mean, those guys seem to like Mike White a lot better than they do Zach Wilson. Maybe the protection isn't as good, you know. Maybe they, you know, beat up on him a little bit more. Um, I don't know. These are all professionals, but you know, guys. Um, sometimes they block harder. Sometimes they play harder for you know other players, other guys on the team, um, that they have good rapport with. And I don't think they have that with Zach Wilson. Um, I do like Detroit right now at this point in the season. They can score points on anyone. Um, and I, I think there's an opportunity for them to win here. Um, so I like Detroit minus one, um, on the money line, either one, I would take that. I don't like any player props in this game. The Jets do have a pretty sticky defense, so I don't want to take anything there. Um, but I can see this as a winnable game for the, for the Detroit Lions. I mean, they're kind of surging at this point in the season. I think they're second place in that division. Um, you know, behind the Vikings, but, you know, ahead of the uh, the Packers. I think they can get into the playoffs, and that's one of those teams that, you know, they get into the playoffs, they can win a game in the first round. I think they can. Um, and like you said, Jefe, I mean, this team started off 1-6. How many 1-6 teams actually make the playoffs? They usually don't. So um, I think New York could falter, and people will look to blame Zach Wilson, um, potentially. It may not have been his fault, but um, I think they'll try to, you know, put the blame on him but i like detroit here that's my player detroit minus one
1: oh man we gotta we gotta we gotta blame zach wilson he's <laughs> wonderful you know, wonderful hunter very good at his job but
2: it really and it really upsets me because like i i said in in prior podcasts zach wilson you know that was my guy at byu he made he made me a lot of money in college when he was over there I just I don't I don't I don't know what's wrong with him. Maybe it was his privilege growing up, and now he he just feels like he can just do whatever in the NFL. And and buddy, let me just explain to you that's not the case. Um, the, and Trev, you're probably right. They or I forgot which one you guys said. They're not. They're probably not blocking for him this week. He's he's going to get lit up. Uh, I'm seeing at least five sacks. Um, if there is a play a defensive player prop on Fanduel this week for that game, and, and it's like. Three, four, I'm, I might take that bet because I can see that going over easily. Um, I, I don't think they're going to protect for this guy. I am in unison with you guys. I am officially locking in Detroit for this game as well. And let's get right into the next one. We have the five and eight Steelers at the five and eight Panthers. The Steelers travel to Carolina looking to bounce back from the divisional loss last week against the Ravens. While the Panthers return home winners of their last two games and look to win three, game, three in a row for the first time, since starting uh, since starting last season, three and zero, and Mike Tomlin is now at that point in his season where he must run the table, or he can say goodbye to his over five hundred or better coaching record. TP, roll me in with some more stats.
1: The Panthers chose not mediocrity for this season, and now they find themselves one game behind Tampa Bay for the lead in the division. And interestingly enough. Interestingly enough, they have Tampa Bay week 17. So each game going forward is going to be a must-win. Okay. This this one comes against the Pittsburgh Students. We'll fight to ensure that as you should have a, Mike Tomlin does not go under 500 for the first time in his career. Now the Panthers have won two straight, and Sam Darnold being back under the helm has done something very important for this team. No turnovers. They're holding on to the ball. As I mean and at this point. You know what I'm saying? We have to we have to accept the fact that there's nothing wrong with being a game manager if that's what your skill set entails. Okay. Um, you know, it, it it's translating in the wins because Sam Dombos is undefeated. Okay. Pittsburgh has turned the ball over three times in the past two games. Granted, all three came against Baltimore last week, but that was Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball, not Kenny Pickett. Pickett is also questionable here. Pittsburgh <clears throat> and that and Pittsburgh has a quick big question because they are virtually out of the playoff race playoff race. But if Kenny is good to go, do they bring him in to try to salvage Mike Tomlin's record of, you know, staying over 500 this stand at third? Personally, I'm going to play Kenny Pickett just because I'm the coach and I don't want to see myself go under 500. Now, if Kenny doesn't play, I do believe that Carolina gets this win. And we have to apologize to Coach Mike, um, to Coach Tomlin and we're going to have a moment of silence for his, his record. But if Kenny Pickett plays, I do believe that Pittsburgh gets this win.
2: Yes, sir. The moment the moment he loses his next game, that that will most likely be the moment of silence for the next pod. Trev, though, roll me in. What, what you got for bet bets? Roll me in with some bets.
0: I got to roll with uh, Pittsburgh this game. Still, I like them plus the three uh, and the cover. Um, you know, it's it's the quarterback that's going to be potentially missing, not the defense, not the other offensive skill players. I still think Mike is an excellent coach, and when faced with adversi- adversity, I think that he can figure out a way to win. Um, I think this is just another opportunity to do it. Uh, people don't think that he will, but I don't trust Carolina laying points here. Um, I like Carolina in a in a dog um type of situation, um in which they're not in this week. I like them last week. Um, I was telling you guys I changed my pick. Um originally I liked them against the Seahawks. Um, I mean, I, I did not like them against the Seahawks, but I changed my pick right before um you know the game kicked off and I went with Carolina plus the four. Um, but yeah, I like, I like them in an underdog role. I don't like them when they're laying points and I'm going to go against them. Let's take Pittsburgh plus the three. I don't have anything on the total. Um, but I just don't think this is a game that, um, Tomlin is going to lose. Um, you got to think about motivation here. Um, Carolina, I mean, they probably just want to get a better pick. I don't think they really have too much at stake, um, here to win this game, especially by three points. Um, Pittsburgh has a little bit more riding on it. You've got the more established coach. I mean, the coach for the Panthers, I mean, he may not even be here next year. I mean, he he was promoted after they fired their coach. So I'm sure they want to go on their uh, coach hunting spree um, at some point. But I, I can only lean Pittsburgh here. I think we already, you know, we already talked about it, guys. We don't think Tomlin will lose another game. I think he just surprises people. And as long as he's a dog, I'm going to go ahead and um and roll with him.
2: All right. All right. And you, you already know my pick. I told you I'm picking the Steelers every week from this year on out. Let's get it, Mike Tomlin. Bring it home for us. All right, let's get right into the last 1 o'clock game. We got the 10-3 Chiefs at the 1-11-1 Texans. After ripping off his 11th straight win against the Broncos, Mahomes and the Chiefs travel to Houston to take on the Texans. Davis Mills and the Texans return home after losing their eighth straight game, and now he looks to improve his 3-18-1 straight-up record on the lead. TP,
1: roll me in with some more stats on this one. Despite what anyone may think, the Houston Texans' performance was an anomaly last week. And we could also attribute that to the way that the Cowboys played down to certain opponents. Piece of shit. It was an apparition. Um, and if you think that the Houston Texans stand a chance against a team who does do what they're supposed to do against teams like Houston, please, Kansas is going to put them under, <laughs> under the field. Um, barring some sort of injury to Patrick Mahomes, that is. But, I mean, when it's all said and done, they did give up 28 to Denver. But let me not backtrack. This Houston team is dead in the water against this high-powered Kansas City team who is fighting for home field advantage in the AFC, especially if Houston will be without their rookie running back, Damon Pierce. It is going to be unbalanced for the offense because Rex Burkhead is not the answer, as we saw last week, as we were able to stop them on third and fourth and one. And Kansas City is extremely healthy at the right time of the season. Um, I'm not necessarily sure if the win will be by 14, like what the spread is asking for, at least last time I checked. But Kansas City is going to blow this Houston team out of the water. Sorry, Davis Mills.
2: Mm-hmm. Trev, you got any bets for us to bunt in on this one?
0: I actually don't. I actually do not have a bet for this particular matchup. I mean, you're missing a lot of still <laughs> position players for this matchup. Um, Kansas City is on the road here. Uh, they do need to win in order to kind of – uh you know get that you know the highest seed possible um in the playoffs and home field advantage i mean but we just watched Dallas uh, <laughs> at home not cover um that spread i think they were overlooking that opponent and i think Kansas City definitely has that on their mind um that they cannot overlook this opponent i see plenty of avenues where Kansas City can um absolutely blow this team out but just last week we watched Kansas City play against the Denver Broncos and they were up uh, over 20 some points, uh, against them. And this team kind of came back in and covered the spread, uh, that was originally set at nine and a half. And, uh, I think Kansas City ended up winning that game by like eight points or so. So I don't count Houston out. Um, I know that wasn't Houston they were playing, um, but they're playing Denver and, um, that's, you know, a whole different team. But I, I don't see how you can count Kansas City out of this one, um, covering the spread. Um, I, they definitely could, but at the same time, um, who knows i think patrick mahomes knows this is his last opportunity to really uh push for the mvp this year um so that might be a little bit of incentive to kind of um you know maybe blow this team out i don't know but um i see it as as last opportunity especially if jalen hurts plays um particularly well uh this sunday too but i don't have a play in this one it's too tough to call that's a lot of points wouldn't be surprised if the chiefs covered it um it, it could really go either way you never know you never know.
2: I think TP's a little upset. You don't have a bet for him to punch it on that one. He was, I think. I he mean, I would have really
0: assumed that, like
1: Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. of the Houston Texans team is god awful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't have anything I love in this this matchup. So
2: it's all good. It's all good. Let's go ahead and get into that four o'clock hour. First up, we got the four and nine Cardinals traveling to the three and ten Denver. The battle of the backup. QBs gets underway when the Cardinals now losers of three straight travel to Denver who are losers of five straight. And barring a tie, someone has to get back into the win column this week. And this matchup could very much determine which head coach gets fired next. So, Kingsbury, Hackett, put your coaching hat on because you're on the hot seat. TP, roll me in with some more stats.
1: I mean, initially we thought the beginning of the season – um, well, I mean, at, least, at the very least, Denver would be quite in a different position, be in a different position than they are now with Russell Wilson. But I mean, it might be time for him to hang it up, not only for the year, but maybe his career. Man, he looked, guy, he's looking god awful this year. I mean, it's nothing wrong with being a family man. Uh, nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, Tom Brady knows nothing about that, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, I do despite all the jokes that I make to Kyle Murray about, you know, playing Call of Duty, all that good stuff, not being focused, not reading playbooks, you know, not paying attention in film, studying all that good stuff. I do really feel, I feel really bad about him tearing his ACL. I know from experience about, you know, those type of injuries, just tearing my Achilles and things like that. Things like that. So um, I feel really bad for you. Prayers up to you, Kyle Murray. Um, Russell Wilson is also still on concussion protocol. So we may see a little bit of, What's his name Rippin. What's his first name? What's Rippin's first name?
0: I think is it Kyle? No, it's not Kyle. Is it Brett? Man's name is Rippin. Okay. I know
1: it's Rippin. Brett Rippin. I'm sorry. It's Brett. 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 I was yeah. thinking Mark. Sorry. Brett. I think it's his son. Anyway. Um, Brett Rippin should be starting. I mean, he was able to connect with Jerry Judy last last week before touchdown. We haven't heard that in a very long time. Uh, Jerry Judy, I know. It's very disappointing with Russell Wilson's output this season. Um, As Trevor said last week, you know, Trev, we were able, you know, I I personally have doubted Denver's defense, but, you know, you said that they're very stout. So, you know, we'll see what happens if Colt McCoy can get busy with his Arizona offense. I mean, he's still got DeAndre Hopkins. He's got Hollywood Brown, So he still has some weapons at his disposal. It's just whether he's going to be able to utilize them. Um, With that being said, I think – I'm going to do a first – I'm going to pick Denver this this game. I'm going to pick Denver the first time this year. I think that if they go with Brad Ripen, Rippin, Ripen, Ripin, I'm sorry. I don't mean to butcher your name, buddy. But if they go with him, this Denver offense seems to be a little bit more poised than what they were before with Russell Wilson at the helm. So I'm going with Denver. All right, Trev,
2: you got any bets for us to punch in on this one?
0: I do. I'm going to go with T.P. Again on this one, we've been aligned quite a bit. That's that's pretty odd um, on our picks today. But I like Denver in this matchup. Um, you touched on Denver's defense. I think they have a really stout defense. The problem has been that you know, with even if you have a great defense, if you're on the field too much, um, you know, um compared to the offense because you're not generating points, you're gonna let teams score on you. Um, and especially when you're not scoring, um, uh, it just it it just creates that situation. Um, but yeah, I like uh, Denver minus the one and a half. I think people are thinking, um, oh man, like, you know, they're at home. So that, you know, they're getting a little bit of love here. But uh the Arizona Cardinals are in no position to win. Um, Nathaniel Hackett as well as Cliff Kingsbury, uh, are definitely on the hot seats. I think Nathaniel Hackett is on the hottest of seats. Um, he's a first um year head coach here. Um, I think at the end of the day, they have to have someone escape go to um you know, blame for the reason this season went so bad. It won't be Russell Wilson. Um, I know we've all made jokes about the end of Russell Wilson, but he will be back <laughs> for the Denver Broncos next year for sure. Uh, Daniel Hackett though. Um, they got to have someone to blame, and I think he'll go. Um, they'll just say it didn't work out. It just wasn't a good fit. And you know, he's they'll say they agreed to mutually. You know, like uh, <laughs> you know, part ways or whatever. Whatever they have to say. Uh, the Cardinals though, I think Cliff Kingsbury kind of has a built-in excuse right now. Um. He could say that, you know, he's lost his quarterback. Um, a lot of times when the star quarterback, you know, especially the guy they're paying all the money to gets hurt, that coach will get an excuse for another year. I actually looked at Kingsbury's contract. He's on the books until 2027. I'm uh, not saying they can't get rid of him before then, but um, we did just see Matt rule uh, who had a contract uh, for at least a few more years, four more years or something like that, get fired from the Carolina Panthers um, earlier this season. And they owe him a bunch of money. Um, you know, still, so it can still happen, but I do think there's an injury excuse built in. Um, You know, they, they didn't have their star receiver to start the season. There are a lot of reasons why um, the Arizona Cardinals are, are losing like they are now. I, I don't think Cliff is the guy, but I don't think he'll get fired either Um, at the end of the season. Um, Besides that, I mean, I don't have any other plays for this one. I think D-Hop will still, you know, be D-Hop, um, but we just saw him play against New England where he... um. He didn't do too well. Um, nothing terrible, but he didn't he didn't do all that well against uh against that team. But I lean Denver here. I think they can get a win. Um people aren't expecting it just because of um, hey, they're missing Russell Wilson. Well, Russell Wilson wasn't exactly playing stellar either. So um Denver minus the one and a half here. That's my play.
1: Rippian. That's his last name. Rippian. All
2: right. Up next we got the seven and six Patriots. At the 5-8 and eight Raiders, the Patriots travel to Las Vegas after getting back on track last week in Arizona. The Patriots currently sit in the last wild-card spot and currently own the tiebreaker between the other other two 7-6 teams, but arguably have the toughest schedule to stay in the playoffs, and they must keep winning, and that winning starts now. The Raiders return home after winning their third game, after their three-game win streak was ended last week, and now look to get back into form against the Patriots because it's now or never to make that final push for a wild-card spot. TP, roll me in with some more stats.
1: As you said, FA, the Patriots are in a must-win situation. Obviously, they have this um, seven-place wild-card spot locked up, and they're tied with the Chargers and the Jets. Um, I do believe that the Lions are going to do the Patriots a favor here, but the Raiders will – Let's not say but, but, you know, getting to the Raiders, they're coming off a disappointing loss. I mean, which realistically is, is, is indicative of how their season has gone. You know, they have big wins and unacceptable losses. They lost to the Colts, then they beat the Chargers, and then they beat Seattle all within the last five games, just the most recently lose to a bare-bone Rams team. I mean, Derek Carr, I mean, you, have, you realistically just have to do better. I mean, Devontae Adams is having an all-pro season. Josh Jacobs, last couple games, He's gone crazy. He's averaged one fifty-seven in the last three games, and scoring in all three games as well, scoring twice against that. You know, in that career game against Seattle. I mean, you're being carried, Derek Carr, because um, realistically, he's basically a shade under two games in the same kid span as the last three games. So, realistically, we we don't we don't know what Raiders team is going to show up. Whereas you have Bill Belichick coaching the Patriots. Um, you know, what are we going to do? What is what is Derek Carr going to do? What are the Raiders going to do? What, which which team is going to show up against this Patriots team? We don't know. I personally think that Bill Belichick is just more experienced. He knows what he needs to do. He knows this time of year as well. Um, Matt Jones is going to put it together at least with the coaching. Um, I do believe that the Patriots are going to win. They're going to continue to hold on to their seventh their um, seventh place spot. I mean, yeah, they have a rough schedule coming up, but I mean, Raiders will be. Raiders gonna give Raiders are gonna give them the confidence and the momentum to keep going forward. I'll
2: say that. All right, young Sando would love to hear you say that. Fred, you got any bets for us to punch in on this?
0: Yeah, so I'm looking at my notes and what I have circled here is just the Patriots. So <laughs> they have circled. Um I like them as dogs in the spot. Uh they were dogs. Were they dogs last week on um Monday night football? Or were they favorites? I think they were dogs there too. But yeah, I had them, cir- I had I had them circled as well. No, you they got- were minus one and a half. Minus one. Okay. Well, this is close. They're plus one and a half. Um, meaning that you know they just need a win pretty much against this team. You have the the master returning to check on his former student, Josh McDaniels, head coach of the Vegas Raiders, um, and former New England's Patriots assistant coach, um, Bill Belichick versus his subordinates. <laughs> Um, he normally wins these games for the most part, um, particularly if he has a better roster. um, and that's that's up for debate. I think um Las Vegas has better skill position players overall, but uh, New England can just coach better. um So I think this will be a tough game for Devonte Adams. um, I think, there've been points and times in the season where Carr car and Adams just have not looked in sync. Um, not the same way that Rogers and Adams looked. And I think that the Patriots will just make this very difficult on um, Sunday. I don't, I'm, I i do not see them blowing them out, but I just see them kind of, um, you know, just dismantling this team. I mean, this organization, the Raiders, not the Raiders, the Patriots know Josh McDaniel so well, they know what type of plays that he um, likes to call on the offense. And I think they can figure out a way to shut that down. Um, Matt Patricia, they say he's the offensive coordinator. They said he's the defensive coordinator at points in time. Bill Belichick says it doesn't matter who does what. We just, you know, we all work together. We just call plays to win. Um, Whatever they got going on in New England, I think they'll figure out how to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I just don't think this is a team that is going in the right direction, and I think that direction, negative direction, will continue. I think New England will be looking to lock up that playoff spot um for the second year with mac jones as the starter so all i have circled is uh new england plus one and a half i am concerned about their running back situation uh Ramondre stevenson um ended up getting banged up last week um and damian harris was already um a little bit injured so it'll be interesting to see what they do there but i i, I look towards the new england patriots um to cover this game plus the one and a half
2: all right, let's get right into the next one. We got the seven and six Titans at the seven and six Chargers. The battle of the seven and six teams gets underway as the Titans travel to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. The Titans are losers in three straight games, but currently still lead their respective division by two games and look to jump back into the win column this week. After beating the Dolphins last week on Sunday Night Football, the Chargers turn their attentions to the Titans in hopes of winning back-to-back games for the third time this season. Both teams will enter this game over five hundred but one will leave at 500, or could we see a tie?
1: TP, roll me in with some more stats. Tennessee has eclipsed 20 points only once in the past five games, while the Chargers are averaging 23 points more or less. A huge win against the AFC opponent Miami Dolphins last week kept L.A. alive in this playoff race, and Justin Herbert looked like the guy many said was a top five and seven place QB in the league. He is ecstatic to have Kareem, I'm sorry, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back, who combined for 218 yards on 20 targets last week. Their defense was also able, able to hold Tyreek Hill under 100 yards and kept Jalen Waddle to only two receptions before 31 yards, which is the better talking point. And it's gone under the radar because Justin Herbert threw for 300 plus yards in the TD last, um, last week. I mean, they will have their hands full this week with Derrick Henry, who has been struggling over the past three weeks, I'm sorry, three games. But he rushed for 121 against his divisional foe, Jacksonville. Not to say that the Chargers obviously are not a divisional foe, but Derrick Henry does like to get up when the games matter the most. Now, I don't expect Gerald Everett to have an Evan Ingram-type game, but maybe Josh Joshua Palmer does, playing around in a little slot position. Um Herbert has copious amounts of targets to throw to, and that's that's why I believe that the Chargers will win in this game, despite whatever Tennessee thinks they're going to be able to do on the ground. Um, the Chargers also may be getting back Darwin James, and realistically, if the Chargers get healthy at the right time, they may be primed to make a run for this playoff spot, that seventh spot, if the Patriots do
0: end up dropping a game or two. All
2: right, Trev, you got any bets for us to punch in on this one?
0: Looking at this matchup, looking at the opening spread, I think the wrong team is favored here. I like um, I like Tennessee in this matchup. I like Tennessee the previous week as well when they were up against Jacksonville. Every time I kept looking at that game, trying to cap it, I was like, man, I know Derrick Henry is going to have a good game. He always has a good game against these guys. And if he has a good game, I think, you know, the whole team is going to have a good game. Um, obviously, I was wrong there. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, they just turned it around, lit them up. Evan Ingram had a career game. And um, that was that. But Titans were a favorite in that situation. In this situation, they are a dog, um, plus three. So I look to take the Titans plus three. I love that pick. Um, another one I like is the rushing prop for Derek Henry. So the Los Angeles Chargers have one of the worst run defense currently in the NFL. Um, and Derrick Henry, his rushing prop is set at and half. I mean, that should tell you everything you need to know. Um last week it was set at 84, um, 84 and a half. And um, you know, to talk to that a little bit more, it was set at 84 and a half because the previous week and the week before that, Derrick Henry did not even eclipse 50 yards rushing. So obviously they bumped it down a little bit. Um, but he went over a hundred yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that we see him go over 104 and a half. I know that's like a lot <laughs> to ask of a running back, but um, being that it's one of the worst rank uh run defense in, in the NFL, I see him getting over that. Um, another prop I like is um, him getting that touchdown as well. Um, it's a little juice, <laughs> it's at minus 195, but um, I believe it was even worse last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars that was sitting at um, minus 200 or minus 240, something along those lines. Um, so a popular play that I'd, I'd like to do is um. If you want to get some value, I would combine Derrick Henry's, uh, his rushing, not his rushing, his, uh, yeah, his rushing with his, um, touchdown prop. Um, FanDuel is not showing me what those numbers are right now, but, um, one is minus 114, the other is minus 195. Um, still a little juice on it. I would, uh, think that it would be, but that's what I like. I like that a lot. Um, I don't know why FanDuel is not showing it for me. I have it selected, but, um, that's that's one of my favorite plays with this matchup. Um, I think Austin Eckler will probably Okay, do pretty I got well. I got it
2: for you, Travis. Plus one thirty six.
0: Plus one thirty six. I'd take that at plus one thirty six. I mean, I think he'll go off. I think he gets over hundred yards. Um, and I definitely think he gets a touchdown. Um, especially when they're in the goal line, they're gonna give it to him. So um that that's a bet I would take. And that's all I got for this matchup.
2: All right, let's go ahead and get into that last four o'clock game. We got the nine and four Bengals at the six and seven Bucks. The Bengals traveled to Tampa in search of their sixth straight win and haven't been this hot since twenty fifteen when they started the season eight and As for the Bucks, they return home and look to get back to five hundred once again. Burrow will meet Brady for the first time in his career. But this isn't the same Tom Brady that he grew up watching now, is it? T P roll me in with some more stats on this one. <laughs> i bet you, have you Did you hear what I said?
1: <laughs> the Bucks are still looking for answers, despite being number one in the NFC South. And Tom Brady still believes that he has something. "Fuck him." Still believes he has something in the tank. Realistically, I believe that he needs to go home and be a family man to someone, some family. I don't know. He's he's got to find an, He needs to find an answer for himself. Um, they returned to a JV football team on national TV last week. I was laid up. Um, I was dog watching last week. I was watching a dog, you know, I was, you know, we were me and Sophie. I I'm sure you know about Sophie. Um I was at Matthew. Yeah, just at my, just keep just keep your food away. Yeah, no, she eats everything. I was I was at um our friend Matt's house and uh yeah, I watched Tom Brady get spanked around by the San Francisco defense. Um I believe that the Bengals may have, have the opportunity to do the same thing. Um, maybe not defensively to the, to the extent, but I mean, offensively, you know what I mean? Um, You know, this offensive line was able to, they've been able to protect Joe Burrow, but it's very opposite from what they were doing at the beginning of the season. And they are winners of five straight. They are clicking at the proper time. And I mean, this defense has been doing what needs to be done, whether it's Cam Taylor, britt going for 12 tackles at the secondary, holding Patrick Mahomes under 250 yards and a very big win. I do believe that within this five-game win streak, this defense is the unsung hero here. And I do believe that they are going to beat this Tampa Bay team, um, especially the way the Tampa Bay has played recently. All right, Trev, you got any
2: bets for us to punch in on this one?
0: I do. I like the Bengals here, Uh, minus three and a half. The Bengals are actually one of the best teams um, this year in covering spreads. Um, But the reason I like them here in this matchup is just the fact that I've watched this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team every week, and they just continue to disappoint. It doesn't matter if they're favorites. It doesn't matter if they're dogs. They just cannot seem to generate offense. Um, in some cases, no offense at all until, you know, it's garbage time. Um, last week against the San Francisco 49ers, um, you know, one of the better defenses in the NFL. Um, Brady and this offense didn't score points until uh, much later in the game where it was well out of reach. Um, they had opportunities to go for field goals, but just because they were getting blown out so early, they opted to go for it on fourth down. Um, I mean, to take Tampa Bay plus the three and a half here seems tempting, but I think the Bengals kind of blow them out. Um, I think this line is a little bit low, in my opinion. And I think that's just baked into the fact that um a couple of the receivers are banged up. I believe Tyler Boyd is questionable. T. Higgins apparently has um, you know, his own concerns as well with his wrist. Um so there's a lot of you know um you know offensive issues, but I still think they figure out a way to um to beat them. I was saying this early in the season. I think Cincinnati has a Super Bowl defense. Um their defense is excellent. Joe Burrow is uh is looking really, really good right now at this point of the season. I think they found a way to get it done um even without um a few of his top playmakers. Jamar Chase is still there. I think this Tampa Bay defense will attempt to make it tricky for him. But at the end of the day, I still think that Cincinnati will find a way to win this game uh, pretty convincingly. I I think Tom will just struggle against this defense. I'm really not just doubting Tom. I'm just saying like, you know, this defense is really good for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think the line is, you know, probably should be placed at, you know, probably at like six and a half. That's what I would think anyways. um, But just due to the various injuries on Cincinnati side, um, that's the line that we're getting right now. So um, I, I would take Cincinnati minus the three and a half. I half. I'd struggle to pick any player props because, um, uh, some of these guys are game time decisions. So we'll see as we approach closer to it, whether or not you want to go with that. I, I love Jamar chase, of course, but I can't, um, pick him here just because, um, you know, if, if he's the, the best receiver and he's like the main one healthy, I mean, um, he'll get his targets, but you know, I think he'll, um, definitely be covered a lot. Um that's my pick. Cincinnati minus three and
2: a half. All right. Yeah, I, I definitely like Cincinnati to get this done. Brady and the Bucks, they they look just about done. All right. Well, let's get into the granddaddy. And I've been I've been really waiting for this one. Sunday night football. This game is one of the biggest games of the season for these two franchises. We have the seven, five, and one Giants at the seven. 5-1 and one Commanders. The Giants travel to Landover to take, take on the Commanders. And after last week's performance against the Eagles, the Giants have put their backs against the wall as they are now losers in three of their last four games. But that fourth game was a tie. So for the G-Men, it has been over a month since they have gotten a win. Week 10 against Houston. Uh, there we go, talking about Houston's losses again. The Commanders return home after a much-needed bye week. And after a tie with the Giants right before their bye, they find themselves facing the same opponents again off the bye week. They are one and four against the spread and two and three straight up in the last five seasons. Both these franchises find themselves needing needed, needing to win this, uh, just about every game left on their schedule to get into that wild card round. With all the chips on the line this week, which team will go all in and secure a victory? Or could we see history be made this Sunday night And get a second tie, which will be the first time ever two teams will tie twice in the same NFL season. And, you know, real quick, TP, before I pass this over to you, I want to do something on here. Something that I feel like every time I do, somebody goes off and does me justice. Because last week, I did this for Derrick Henry. And this week, I'm going to do this for my guy, Dr. G. This one's for you. Giants, G-Men, Saquon, bounce back week this is for you bounce back a Saquon's batter bounce back Jones's batter bounce back and I, I don't know what that safety's name is but we we need him to bounce back get a pick for me bounce back Ay. TP. roll me in with some stats
1: Hefe, I'm gonna have to disagree with you I don't think that I don't think the G-men are gonna get this win here um I think that last week, it was the Commanders, I'm sorry, two weeks ago, it was the Commanders game to lose, and they, for whatever reason, decided to tie. Um, it was a very interesting point, that you're not going to get any calls in New York, which is very, you know, very viable, you know what I mean? Excuse me. Things happened towards the end of the game that didn't work in the Commanders' favor, a couple calls that didn't work in their favor, but... The Commanders may be getting Chase Young back. In the event that they get Chase Young back, they're going to finally have some money to show up the outside and keep Daniel Jones from running all over the place like he did last game, or the first game that they met. Um, I don't really believe that Saquon Barkley is going to get off the way that, you know, you're claiming that he is. No, nothing against, you know, the doctor and, you know, whoever your connections are to the New York football giants. You know, I love saying the G-man. You know, where to Chris Berman all that good stuff? But they're they're not – they're, they've they've collapsed and you know they're further imploding. Daniel Jones still does not have a receiver to throw the ball to. I guess maybe Darius Slayton, but you know this Commanders team. I think coming off of this bye with Ron Rivera, um, honestly not even Ron Rivera, but Taylor Harney. He always get he always gets this team to perform. Um, the Commanders also maybe getting back a key cornerback. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I do believe his first name is Benjamin. Was it Saint? Just juicy. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but J U S Saint J U S T. But um, they'll be getting him back potentially this week. So I mean, the the Commanders going to be shored up on defense, and the G Men, the Giants, don't really have a lot of offense to go around. Um, I'm I'm leaning towards the Commanders. The commanders should have won the previous game, and I do believe that they're going to get the job done and push the G Men further out of the wild card position.
2: All right, Trev, you got any bets for us to punch in on this one?
0: I gotta agree. I think the Giants are just really um going downhill and starting to accelerate going downhill. Um, I like them in this game, um, plus the four and a half. I think Washington uh gets the win here. But I mean, it would it be the NFC's without a little bit of drama, you know, keeping a little bit close. I don't think so. Um last game, um, like you both mentioned, uh there was a tie. And man, I mean, that game was uh, it was rough to watch in overtime. I mean, neither of these teams really moved the football. Um, You guys mentioned how there are no receivers right now for New York. Um, I think that trend will just kind of, you know, continue. Uh, They don't really have an outlet to get the ball to, but some way, somehow they managed to get it done. I think Washington um, has an opportunity to get ahead early in this game. And if you're better, I think that'd be the opportunity to take New York. Um, you know, if it gets plus past the plus four and a half, um, if it gets to like six or seven, you know, even ten, you know, I would definitely uh, take that, especially in a divisional matchup. I think they'll find a way to make points, uh, get points. This is a prime time game, so um, anytime there's a prime time NFL game, you always got to look at um, the optics, and you know, they want people to watch it. It's the last game on the slate; they don't want this game to be a blowout necessarily. I mean, if it is a blowout, I mean, it is what it is, but um they probably don't want that they probably want a close nail-biting game um to be to be honest so i look and lean towards the giants also lean towards the under under the 40 and a half points uh that game went to overtime and it's still um it, it, and no one scored so <laughs> um it, points were scored at the very last uh, few minutes of that game in order to even get it to overtime i just think both of these um teams um are just going to look a little bit sluggish than what people are used to. Um, and I just lean towards the under. I think I think that'll come in. And I got to love the Giants. That's actually the favorite here. The public is actually on the Giants, um, you know, as a dog here, which makes me think the commanders are going to blow them out. But um, because it's the NFC East, I, I think there's an opportunity for the Giants to stay in this one. Uh, Saquon, though, Saquon Barkley. I was looking at some of his props um, earlier, and I do see that um, – Um, They don't have a rushing attempt prop for him. That's the prop I would take, Um, how many times they give it to Barkley. I think they know the Giants, their season's on the line, and Barkley is definitely their best offensive skill player. Um, I look for them to uh, just keep feeding and giving Barkley the ball, even when it doesn't look good. Uh, So it's really tough not to – not to pick him, but they don't have that prop out just yet, or at least I haven't seen it yet on FanDuel. Maybe available in some other books. But um I'd look for Saquon a bounce back game um for sure. I think his rushing and receiving instead of 89 and a half. Um I, I would lean that definitely because I think um they'll try to get him involved in the passing game.
2: Hey, G-man plus four and a half, lock it in. Let's get it. All right. That wraps up that Sunday. Let's get into a little moment of silence. For the Twitch boss. Um, Before today, I didn't, I wasn't that informed of who this was. Um, I'm sure you guys are more, a little bit more informed than I am. But unfortunately, some mishaps have happened and he is now no longer with us. So we are going to go ahead and have a moment of silence for the Twitch boss. All right, let's get right into the next topic of business here. TP, we need you front and center. Playmaker of the week, you are now on the clock.
1: It pains me to say this, but I do believe that Jalen Hurts is going to solidify his MVP campaign and he is going to destroy the Chicago Bears team very similar to the way the Dallas Cowboys did. And this is going to be the end all be all. Now, does this mean that the Philadelphia Eagles are not going to win the Super Bowl because Jalen Hurts gets his MVP trophy? Who knows? Probably no correlation. But I do believe that Jalen Hurts is going to have a career day against the Chicago Bears team. And with that being said, I. I am picking Jalen Hurts to be my
0: playmaker of the week.
1: Uh
2: I can feel my ears bleeding from here.
0: Hold on, Heffy. I got some I got something to add to that. So T P has given out a lot of players of the week. Um, you know, who he believes is gonna be the most dominant player in all of football for that particular week. And I am all in on this particular pick. I mean, I think Jalen Hurts will be the fantasy player of the week. I think that he will probably be, you know, the NFL player of the week. You know, you know they give that out, NFC player of the week. Um, and I just thought about this. The Dallas Cowboys played this team and they destroyed them. I think the Eagles will be looking to have a similar effect. Um, I'm sure they looked at that game in terms of their notes and reviewing things. And hey, I, I think they hey. probably circled that.
2: Trev, can I ask you a question real quick? Are you are you saying all of this right now? Are you trying to manifest all this right now because you're playing me in fantasy football and you have Jalen Hurts this week in our in our matchup? Is that what's going on right here?
0: Well, I wasn't going to make it personal, but yeah, it's personal.
2: OK, I just yeah. I, I mean, I felt attacked, so I just I wanted to put all the cards on the table. I wanted everybody at home to know what's going on here. We are going up against each other in fantasy right now. It's current. I'm looking at it right now. They currently actually have him favored to win 130.97 to 127.25. But you, but as everybody knows, those projections mean absolutely nothing. Um, I've seen some crazy things happen, but I will say this. Trev, I do wish you the best of luck.
0: And You as well. I'm, I'm looking forward to a fun matchup. Um, you know, I think, I think it's so cool. It's, it's coming full circle. Um, you were the last person to join this particular league. And um and, and I was so I was so long. happy that you said yes and you joined. I was like, yes, like yeah, that'll be cool. We're gonna do the podcast. Like he's gonna be in the league. This is so I think I think it'll be fun. I really am looking forward to it. Um so all the trash talk aside, I mean, I do hope for a good um matchup. It's gonna come down to Monday, Monday night football, I believe. I think you have a player. Um yeah, last time I, I looked at it, right, yeah,
2: yeah. I got I got uh Watson on uh Green Bay.
0: Yeah, Christian Watson um, going
2: against the Rams defense.
0: Honestly, he worried so, uh, me, man. I looked, I looked at your lineup, and I was like, "That's the guy that can go for three touchdowns, <laughs> like one forty, <140. laughs> just blow everything out the water." So, um, yeah, it sh- it should be a good one.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you 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 have hurts, so that 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 worries me, and so does Derrick Henry. I mean, I we we like him to go over. The, I like him to that that that. That uh, parlay you talked about earlier, I, I got it on my Fanduel right here already. I'm ready to punch that in um, as early as tomorrow with, with probably Justin Jefferson and some more stuff. Um, so I'm I'm worried about you. Um, I'm pre- just as much as you're worried about me. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and get into the next thing, Trev. What's your bet of the week?
0: All right. So I kind of mentioned this um, earlier in the pod, but I'll go over it again just so we're clear my bet of the week is going to be Eagles Bears first half over 23 and a half points um another bet I like um and this is kind of a repeat of last week but you know if it if it ain't broke don't fix it uh <laughs> I like Derek Henry to score a touchdown I also like him to go off over his uh yardage total so combining those I think it was plus to 148 is what you said hefe
2: yes like I said I still got it up so let me get back to that screen it is plus 136.
0: Plus 136. I like I like that as well. Um, not saying all those should be parlayed. Um, I like to do my singles, but those last two Henry touchdown and Henry over the rushing prop. I definitely think that is something that um one could look to parlay together to get that plus money and go from there. Um, but yeah, those, those are essentially my two the one parlay and the one single bet, um, Eagles Bears, um, first half over 23 and a half. I went two and zero last week. Um so looking for that three P. Hopefully we do it again. Um, see what happens. So
2: looking for that three P. That's what I got. <clears throat> All right. Let's go ahead and get into our granddaddy, our finale that we always say for last. The, them boys. Yes, sir. The 10 and 3 Dallas Cowboys traveled to the five and eight Jags. And man, oh man, the Dallas had my heart thumping last week as we almost lost to the Texans. Whew. Now we turn our attention to the Jags as we travel to Jacksonville. And all, and, and all the while, Dak looks to improve the 2-0 and against this franchise. Trevor Lawrence, he found a way, though, to win last week against his division rival, uh, Titans. And now he looks to win back-to-back games for the second time this season. But if Micah Parsons has anything to say about it, he'll be on his ass. TP, what you got to say?
1: I don't know like Michael Micah Parsons is going to be on his ass, as you say. He doesn't look healthy right now. He needs to take a break. He doesn't look healthy. Um, Jonathan Higgins is going to be down a couple of weeks. We lost Terrence Steele for the season. Um, interesting news, though. They did mention that um, Tyron Smith may be back, and when he does come back, we may actually push him over to right, right guard. Is a right guard or right tackle? I want to say his right guard. Yeah, right guard. Um, I think so. Yeah, to let Tyler continue to do his thing. He's been working really hard this season. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic happens. I mean, Tyron Smith is arguably a Hall of Fame offensive lineman, and so I don't think it'll be too difficult for him to make the switch. And I mean, if we can again get healthy at the right team, who's to say where the limit is for this Dallas Cowboys team? Now the issue is just that we have to get healthy. Michael Parsons has to swallow his pride. Same way Ezekiel Elliott has to swallow his pride. And if you're injured, bro, sit down. This Jacksonville team is not to be messed with. Um, They're like the AFCD trend lines. So, not saying they're physical, but they're explosive. You know what I mean? And, I mean, at this point, we can pretty much say that we've solidified the number five spot at least for right now. Um, I would rather us maybe drop this game. Get healthy, come back, get in the right stride, and you know, take a step in the right direction. Also, I don't know why Jerry Jones is is flirting with the idea of Odell Beckham Jr. still coming despite his inability to play at this moment in time. Um, you know, talking about him rehabbing with our with our doctor, and then being you know getting him back in, in the best shape possible. But I mean, what good does it do if he can't even play in the playoffs? You know. Unless there's some lie going on that we have no idea about, I don't understand why you, you take the time and really invest in all that. backup. especially after you just signed T.Y. Hilton. So. Hey,
2: ATP, let me tell you, they're pulling the Miami Heat. That injury report is false. <laughs> I mean, let me let me just let you know. I'm in, I'm in on Eric Spolster. We we had the talk, and you saw – I don't know if you all saw what he did, but he put the whole entire roster on that injury report.
0: It's Very petty. You had to now. let him
2: know. He'll take those fines. He don't give a shit. Hey, but Trev, man, how you feel how you feel about them boys?
0: Great question. I got an answer for you. So last week, um, I feel like we looked past the Houston Texans, you know, as an opponent. I think that that was a team where we thought it might be an easy win. I think we had the largest spread of any team um that season, you know, as favorites. And, of course, we didn't cover it. Um, It took a, you know, last-minute 98-yard drive, which was impressive in its own right, just to beat this team by – we won by four points, correct? Uh, Yes. 27 to 23. We won by four points. Um, Looking back at my notes and just uh, some data, whenever Dallas is coming off of a non-cover or a straight-up loss, they not only win the next game but they cover as well so the last time that dallas um did not cover the spread was um was actually against new york um they didn't cover the spread against new york um that was a little fishy because um the spread was set at 10 we let them score a little touchdown, you know, late in the game. Weren't even really trying to defend them. Um, allowed them to score. But afterwards, we played the Indianapolis Colts. Um, in prime time, we blew them out, fifty-four to nineteen. Um, another example of this was when we played the uh the Green Bay Packers and we lost that game. You know, after we were up and we went to overtime, thinking we were about to, you know, just kind of dominate. Um, the following week, we played the Minnesota Vikings and beat them forty to three. Um, i'm looking for um a beat down in this matchup a lot of people have just um speculated this game will be close but if the jaguars had not beat the titans the way that they did last week people wouldn't even be talking about um the jags being you know potential threats here I, i don't think so anyways um that was very impressive how they came back trevor lawrence you know looked amazing in that matchup um it looked really really good um i do think that this team focused um whenever they you know dance with the loss or you know things like this they just managed to um you know kind of come back at the next game extremely focused and and just blowing the other team out so currently the spread is sitting at um minus four minus four and a half up from three and three and a half i do think that um dallas will come in here and win convincingly i know people are you know kind of you know on the fence about it like oh i gotta take the jags um because it was at plus um it was at five previously so um a lot of people were taking the jags plus five I don't think it matters. I think Dallas wins this game, um, and I think it goes over as well, um, over the 48 points that it is uh, currently set at. But that's what I have in this game. Um, No player props. um, I just like the over, and I like Dallas to cover the spread.
2: Okay. And, uh, TP, to what you said earlier, you said we might take this week off. Let me let you know something real quick. I don't know if you saw this, but if we win this week, we clinch a playoff spot. So I don't think they're taking this week off. No. There are actually three there are actually three think...
0: scenarios that we can clinch a playoff sp- uh, spot but we just need to complete one of them. Um depending on how the matchup goes with um what's it called Sunday night football matchup and there's another scenario that I looked up. But um yeah, yeah if we just win I this game we control that. our own our own but destiny. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, I'd rather control our own destiny. We just need to win. Just
1: get the win. Okay? I just the, I want to win. I want I want yeah, fine. If we can close t- play, I'm sure. I just need Micah to sit because he doesn't look healthy. He needs to. He needs to rest for the playoffs. That that man's fine. All right. He he's he
2: he was talking he's about not, playing Call of Duty. He's, he's not fine. He's fine. Don't worry about that man. All right. I got the inside details. He's fine. I promise you. He's fine. He's gonna get two sacks this week. Matter of fact, just you wait. All right, but until then, you can join Triple Babble right back here for the final installment of this week's 3 as we recap Saturday's football action and get into the Monday night football game as the Rams travel to Green Bay and take on the Packers. Until then, I hope everyone enjoys this Sunday slate of football action, and I'll
1: see you all right back here tomorrow evening. Until then, LFA is out. my eyelids are heavy it's been a very long week i feel like it's i've worked 1000 thousand one1,000 hours mm-hmm. and counting but i'm gonna go have some red wine sophistication no box one tv's out of here
0: all right everyone um thank you for joining us for another episode of triple babble um we are now on apple as well as spotify so if you got apple don't like using spotify check us out on apple podcast um give us a rating up there follow the show continue to listen to us on spotify and following up there if you have already we appreciate the feedback and the support um we will be back on again for uh thursday night we we are doing a thursday night podcast yeah thursday night football monday for monday 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 i apologize for monday um so check us out then um we will be back but once again this is trev Closing out this episode. Wait, hold on, trouble. hold on. Before
1: you, before you close out, hey, find me, find me on Instagram slash AOL Insta Messenger. Uh, we're leaving up away messages. Uh, Luigi ninety, check my statuses.
0: Just kidding. Um, I'm find not advising you. anyone to do that. Um, we just don't know what will come up, so. uh
1: <laughs> You won't find me. Apologize. I tell you that. That's my oh, high. That was my oh. childhood name. I'm I apologize now. TV.
0: All right, everyone, join us back on next week's episode of Triple Babble. Until then, this is Trev, your host, and I'm out.